0: Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and we continue with our NFL Draft Week coverage by welcoming back Joe uh, DeLeon. Right. Uh, first name is great. Last name I might have pronounced uh, <laughs> improperly. I hope not. But from uh, the Believe Podcast Network and the first team NFL draft and college football show. So, Joe, welcome back, sir. Uh, it's a crazy week. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, I uh, appreciate you having me back on the show. I'm excited to talk a little, little bit about what the Steelers could be doing in the first round and throughout the draft. But uh, it's a favorite time of year, man. I'm excited to talk about these prospects and, and take a look at what could uh, could happen with the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and as I'm doing this, it's like this This is the week where your tweets, like the Twitter just goes crazy and everything on my phone, you know, and it's like no one knows what the Texans will do at number two. We don't know what anybody's going to do anywhere, but uh, you kind of have your pulse on like a big board, right? You know, like kind of like your top 10 kind of general area that one to bring you on as being probably way more well-versed and into this Draft stuff than what I am. I, I get in on the tail end. I get in when it's cool right now, right? I have an idea of what the Steelers might be looking at, but I would like to hear from you because I don't want to input thoughts. I need an outside perspective. What do you feel the Steelers team needs are heading into the twenty twenty three NFL draft?
1: Right. I think the biggest one is offensive line. you You just invested a, a first round pick in Kenny Pickett, who had a strong first season, and I think there's optimism for his long-term outlook. But if you want to continue to build on that long-term outlook, you need to build an offensive line around him. You need to add protection. You need to bolster the group that is going to keep him upright. And right now I think that the Steelers offensive line is not up to par enough uh, to be consistent to properly protect him. So I look at that offensive line. I, I look at Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, Darnell, Wright, Who I'm sure we're probably going to get into a little bit today. I also, if they do want to attack the defensive side of the football They want to go defensive tackle some of these defensive ends on the board i think are worth noting i don't think there's any wrong way that the steelers could go after uh rebuilding this team and really starting to add a young core to it but i i I feel as though the most important priority is is bulking up that offensive line
0: yeah we've been talking a lot obviously joey porter jr Father was a Steelers great. So corner has been on everyone's mind since the season, before the season even ends. You've got folks that are doing the mock draft deal. And I just I want to pick your brain a little bit on this because offensive tackle isn't off the board. Uh, definitely. We've mentioned defensive line. I think we're, uh, we're in sync here. We've seen some edge rushers. We've seen some wide receivers. I feel like those could be more luxury picks. Not completely off the board, but when you get to pick 17, can you risk what what has the greater risk? Do you think as far as the depth and the quality of talent, they'll be around the Steelers have picks 32 and 49 in the second round. Would you lean towards an offensive tackle or would you lean towards a corner?
1: I, I just think of the complexity of trying to fix offensive lines. You should invest that pick early on an offensive lineman. I think there's good day two options like Matt Bergeron and, uh, and Jalen Duncan from Maryland is another really intriguing option in the second round. But as much as I like those guys, I don't think you can pass up on the opportunity to get a Darnell right, to get a Paris Johnson or a Peter Skoronsky if they are available and on the board, it's a little bit more of a, not so much more of a guarantee, but you're going to get a better starter and a guy with a higher upside and who's going to be a more impactful contributor. I think it's a little bit risky roster building to try and go after second round picks to fix your offensive line. While it's a possibility to do so, it's just not a sustainable measure. And heck, I would even argue double dipping in the first two rounds might even be a good option for a Steelers team that again, really needs to bulk up that offensive line that hasn't been good since Ben Roethlisberger uh, recently retired. (laughs) But I also would throw out there that this corner class has some good depth. I I think that by the time that the, uh, the second round pick comes around, there are good options. Keely Ringo might still be on the ward uh, on the board. Deontay banks might still be on the board guys like Clark Phillips. I believe, or Emmanuel Forbes are going to still be maybe on the board for that second time around. There's really good corner depth, uh, and while there is good second-round, day-two players at tackle, I would prioritize tackle or interior offensive line before uh, I would uh, try to address any of these corner spots.
0: That's interesting because, you know, just uh, myself and uh, one of my co-hosts, Zach Celdonia, we just had a show. We didn't actually talk about center, but there's been a lot of folks that have been mocking centers to the Steelers. I just don't see them necessarily going after and replacing Mason Cole. And you kind of mentioned it on the interior, but one of the hot topics has been, where's Peter Skaronsky playing at the next level? Like a lot of us see, he played tackle in college with this college ball. Uh, is he a left tackle at the next level is, can he play right tackle? Will they try and shift him into as guard? I think that has a lot to do with, with does that bother some teams? Like you, you, you have a little bit of a pulse or some of the buzz on where Skoronsky plays as a pro.
1: Yeah. I think the, the deal with Skoronsky is he's one of those guys that you can draft him and figure it out. He is that good of an athlete. He's got the flexibility. He's got the footwork. He's got the technique that you can draft him to say, all right, let's see what he does at guard. And if he's comfortable enough to move him out to tackle and we're comfortable with it, we're going to play him at tackle. It also just depends on team needs. If it's a team like the Eagles picking him at 10, they're not going to ask him to play tackle right away. But eventually Lane Johnson retires in a couple of seasons, you can move him outside to tackle. But kind of like with Rashawn Slater, who was his teammate, was drafted and everyone kind of assumed that he was going to be a guard who had length issues. Um, He goes to the chargers and they realize this guy's our best offensive lineman. So why would we overthink this? Let's just put him at our left tackle spot. And he's been fantastic since if you can overcome length with foot speed, with flexibility, with technique, I don't see a reason why a guy like this can't play left tackle or even right tackle. I just see that what makes him so valuable is that you can play him at multiple spots and at the very least. This is a guy who should be a pro bowler at guard. If he does not play tackle in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately the Steelers already, they signed James Daniels last year. Isaac Suamalo just came in. Uh, Nate Herbig, who's his brothers in this draft too, which is fun. Uh, They kind of bolstered like the interior guys, the guards. So it's like, it's been off the radar as far as that, but it's also like, where does Skronsky go? Is Skoransky somebody that's there at 17? Does he end up outside of the top 10 because of any of the concerns, like with arm length and stuff like that?
1: Sadly, I think realistically, if, if they wanted to get Peter Skronsky, they'd have to trade up. I I think that there is such a premium on good offensive linemen for him to make it all the way to 17 is, is a little bit unlikely. Even if with those length concerns, I think a lot of teams do share that sentiment of heck, let's draft the all pro pro bowl guard. And and we're not going to think twice about it. What, who's more realistic to be there on the board? I think is Broderick Jones, the Georgia tackle who, great length, great base. I love the way that he plays with his base and his foot. Uh, His foot speed is fantastic. I think he's got a little bit more weight to add to his upper body, a little more strength to add to his upper body, but his, his ceiling is tremendously high. Darnell, right though, man? I just, I don't know what it is. He feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler. He absolutely feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler that he's just, just a mean dude. The way that he approaches the run game is exactly what I want in a right tackle. And he's somebody as well. If doesn't really move well enough to play tackle and you're not liking how he looks early on, bump him in the garden. I think he'd be a great guard because of the way that he tenaciously attacks uh the run game and the way that he blocks on a snap to snap basis.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been my thing with Darnell Wright, though, is moving from left to right. I kind of been, you know, kind of crapping on that and also feeling like the same thing. I hadn't actually mentioned, you know, bumping one of these guys in if they fail at tackle, everyone will immensely see it as just a failure. Just particularly because of the big free agent additions uh so you look one name we haven't said so we don't think Skaronski's around broderick jones has been a favorite of ours just because mm. you think he might make it there at 17 you don't have to make any other moves but paris johnson seems to be all over the draft boards the draft twitters the draft so-called you know experts like yourself not making fun of anybody but it's all educated <laughs> all educated guesses because you're trying to figure out who can fit in where And could Johnson be there at 17, like realistically, or I I don't feel Uh, it,
1: you know, I I would think if you're a Steelers fan, that would be a a dream come true. If Paris Johnson's available at 17, but he checks every box for what NFL teams just get obsessed over, which is crazy athleticism, great power. Um, The arm length is, I think like 36 inches, which is unheard of for offensive tackle prospects. I don't see him going out of the top 10. He's one of those guys where I think NFL teams are going to be uh, so aggressive to go after because of his long-term projection, what what gets a little scary, not scary, but like what needs to be worked on with Paris Johnson, it's just his familiarity with playing in space. He was a guard moving out to tackle and he showed an ability to play tackle just needs to get more comfortable in space. But if he's there at 17, man, pull the trigger or heck, oh, yeah. even if he's there the at 12 move up. Maybe I, I think that it, it wouldn't hurt your team moving up a few spots. If he makes it outside of the top 10.
0: Yeah. We we're talking about that with, uh, we were just talking about that with the jets actually jets are at 13. Is there anybody that's really on the jets board? that They couldn't bump back a little bit behind like the Patriots Packers commanders and the a Steelers spot yeah. wouldn't cost them as much to move up into that position. I mean, Houston's at 12 and that's kind of, uh, that's a good segue because we'll come back to some of the other, well, we got two more and then we'll segue to the Houston's pick as far as moving, but, uh, Anton Harrison and Dwan Jones. Just your feelings on them, more day two guys, left tackle prospects or right tackle. See, we really feel that Dan Moore Jr. is probably more the weaker link, but we don't know how the team feels about him and or chooks a core four, and if they feel that maybe if they draft somebody that's more right tackle, can you move a core four to the left or you know, you're playing this whole shell game with your tackles once again, like they did a few years ago and, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out, so.
1: Yeah. I think DeWan Jones is such an interesting player because he's just built like a bus. He's six eight. He's got the insane arm length. He's got the longest wingspan ever recorded or something along those lines. And like that you, you can't make up, like you just don't see guys like this. I I'm a little worried about his commitment. And he came on my show actually a couple of years ago. And it was all with my co-host Ryan. And he, He basically said that he's just mostly playing football because it's what he's best at. He's more in love with the sport of basketball. And it's just, that was a little bit of a red flag for me. And there's just a couple slight indicators of what his commitment to the game of football is that might cause some concern. But I mean, the guy's massive. And if you can tap into that, be a pretty good right tackle. I think he best fits at right tackle. Anton Harrison Jr., uh, the Oklahoma tackle. I think that's definitely a day two pick. I think some people have brought him up as a late first rounder. I admittedly don't see that. I think that he's just got so many technical problems. that's going to take a lot of work to fix athletically. He, he moves well. He's got good length, but uh, a lot of refinement needs to be done for the Oklahoma tackle before I'm fully comfortable starting him. But right now I have a, a third round grade on him because of those traits and, and not so much of him actually bringing them to the field. Would you have
0: Bergeron from
1: Syracuse ahead?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Him and Jalen Duncan.
1: I have both of them ahead of uh, Harrison
0: and Bergeron's kind of interested me. I know the Steelers, I think the Steelers visited with him. Uh, I think they canceled the, we were talking about this with uh, Jones before myself and Brian, maybe about two weeks ago. And they weren't, I don't think the Steelers brass was happy with the pro day and stuff like that as well. Mm. So there's, there are some kind of red flags that pop up there now. Like I I was saying a good segue would have been like Houston Texans at 12, right? if the Steelers got to jump ahead of a couple of teams with the same needs, like New England at 14 Packers at 15 commanders at 16, um, they might be looking at, I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee moves off of 11, but Houston depends if they got a quarterback already, I think too. And how many quarterbacks do you think are going before 17? Cause that means all of these other prospects end up moving down the board.
1: I think all four of the projected top quarterbacks will be gone by 17. It just depends on the order right now. And I think that there's going to be an aggressive push. If anyone slides outside of the top six, if, if it's that, if that is, Will Levis, if that is CJ Stroud, or even potentially both, if either of those guys are available on the board, I think that there's going to be a rush to move up. Like you bring up the Titans at 11. They, I think are a big move up candidate. I think the commanders where they're picking is a big move up candidate that might actually help The Steelers in that sense that if there is this run on quarterbacks, but I also think at the same time, the minute that the first tackle goes off the board is going to motivate any tackle hungry teams to, to make that move. And there was a little bit of a, uh, a rumor out there from Tony Pauline over the weekend, which I don't know if I totally buy in, but some teams are trying to trade up to that three spot to get a tackle. So if there is an aggressive push for one to go in the top five, I think that Ultimately, the tackles could go a lot earlier than we anticipate, and that might that might sadly put the Steelers in a in a spot where they just barely miss out.
0: Yeah, we've seen that with a few of the mock drafts or running the simulations. I uh, to be completely honest, I wouldn't be too sad about it. Uh, Dan Moore, I think, has suffered from some bad left guard play. We've mentioned that a lot on our own shows in the past, and he was uh, you know whether or not how much stock you put into Pro Football Focus, it was the highest graded Steelers offensive lineman from the bye week on, which is. They played a lot better all the way through, run the ball better. Uh, Kenny Pickett was playing well. So that's what got me a lot on the defensive side of the ball. And you look at Andy Weidel comes over as assistant general manager, Philadelphia Eagles. We know they like to build the trenches. We talked offensive line. I'm not looking at skill position players necessarily in the first round. I'm not looking at wide receivers. Definitely not looking at running back. Tight end, maybe somebody that's uh maybe Darnell Washington's around round two and they surprise us all with a pick like that. But I'm looking at that secondary and I don't see as many safety prospects necessarily. Uh what you got Brian Branch and uh I'm trying to think who the other one was, maybe Anthony, um oh geez i'm always losing anthony uh you got no not anthony johnson antonio Uh, Antonio Antonio johnson Johnson. yeah um and that's about it yeah i don't know they need necessarily need to leap and jump after that you got cornerback depth looking at the secondary players first round picks uh maybe likelihood pick your brain here of who's gonna be still on the board devin witherspoon
1: Definitely not. Okay, uh, he's going to be gone so by top ten. I think I am as my highest rated guy at okay. corner, and I think a, a lot of people in the NFL agree with that. Um, Christian Gonzalez. Oh, he's he's definitely going to be gone <laughs> by then too. He's one of those combine darlings that everyone's yeah. been obsessed with. So he's he's definitely going to be gone by that as well. Okay, Brian Branch. I think he's going to be on the board by 17, and I would argue he might even be on the board in the second round. He's All he's right. such a unique player. Yeah, for, He's not really a safety. He's more of a nickel corner, but great, great, great football player.
0: Players who could be there, but do you pass on them? Let's say you take a tackle and risk. Will they be around round two? So I'm glad you said that about uh, Branch, but also Deontay Banks and Joey Porter Jr.,
1: I would willingly take them at 17, both of them. I'm, I'm pretty high on Joey Porter Jr. Great length, 35 or so inch arms, good athlete, a little grabby, needs to work on that. And then Deontay Banks, a little more compact, great long speed, fantastic explosive athlete. I think he needs a little bit more technical refinement, but I, I both those guys I think are fantastic football players to take at 17. Uh, and if they want to address corner, I think you come out of the draft very satisfied if those are the picks that you make.
0: Yeah, uh, we saw one. And we saw a couple with Julius Brents as high as to the Steelers at 17. We've seen Emmanuel Forbes in the 20s. Uh, Are you feeling kind of the same way with those guys that they might not make it into round two? And do you have some other names you might throw into that conversation?
1: I think Emmanuel Forbes makes sense in uh, in the first round. And he's somebody who's built up a lot of buzz despite being like a really lean corner at like 165, 170. I don't know if Julius Brents is a first round pick though. I, I like Julius Brents. Julius Brents is a fun football player. I Man, he's six, four, he's stupid tall. I, I stood next to him at the senior bowl and I asked him a question. I'm like, this is not a corner. I, I I've been in locker rooms with corners before this guy is not a corner, but hey, I, I, he's got a little bit of hip fluidity stuff that I think he needs to work on, which is tough for these taller, taller, leggier uh, cornerbacks. He's more likely a second or third round pick though.
0: Tall people just like me, man, six, five, uh, I, I, no, no doubt. We've just uncoordinated. We're baby drafts out there. Okay. So, uh, and our other favorite, uh, Keely Ringo, uh, where do you think he might be?
1: I'm satisfied with him being, a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied with him being gone at 17, but I also, he's somebody who I think might slide into the second round just because there's been a lot more attention on these better, more fluid athletes like the be like the banks is like the porters um, moving up in the process. And I just think that with Keely, he's got a processing issue. He doesn't transition and make decisions quickly. He's not super decisive. And I think a lot of NFL teams are going to think he might be one of the best athletes, in the position, but his change of direction skills are not great. His explosiveness numbers are not great. So I'd rather take a guy like that in the second round. And then in the first, so he, he could be somebody that the Steelers could take in the second round. And he's somebody who I wouldn't be surprised if he slid out of the first round.
0: Sounds, that sounds amazing. Um, there's a lot of names there. It's just how many corners are, you know, it yeah. could be this whole slide and you've got teams that are pretty, pretty stacked at other positions. That's how the Steelers were able to get Kenny Pickett last year. Cause a lot of teams already invested in their, Quote quarterback of the future had somebody already on their roster. Now they're paying for it. Now they're all really paying for it. Like the Panthers, for example, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then, did you by any chance stand next to Will Levis by any chance?
1: He wasn't at the Senior Bowl. Okay, uh, oh, I oh, that's wish right. I did. Yeah, I, w- I wish I did get the chance too. But man, he's he's built built differently. <laughs> it's not. A I don't know if he either. works out in the NFL, but he looks like a bodybuilder, which is kind of weird. <laughs> and Anthony Richardson.
0: These guys are just like these new prototype, like just. <laughs> you know, all around athletes, um, right. probably the best of which on the defensive line side of things, not necessarily talking edge rushers, but just some interior guys, Cam Hayward's getting a little older, Larry Oak Joby got a new contract, but 28, 29 years old, banged up a lot last year. Dealers don't have a whole lot of depth there. There's a lot of buzz about Jalen Carter off field stuff. Are there any red flags? How far out does he go? Most people are saying not outside of the top six.
1: Yeah. I don't think he makes the past 10 just for the sake that he, um, he's just so talented. He's, he's far and away the, one of the best players in this class. And I just, I think that some teams are going to think to themselves, like if we can tap into that, there's guys that have had off the field concerns before that have been maybe not as talented that have still gone in the top 10 of drafts. So I, I don't see teams that are going to get too overthought on this. I just think maybe the top four aren't going to be willing to take that risk though. I think a defensive tackle, the two that fit with what we know the Steelers like defensively Brian Brzee from Clemson, big body pass rush upside and then Keanu Benton. I'm a big fan of Keanu Benton who might be a second round pick. He, he came on our show, funny guy. uh, And I think that he was pigeonholed as a nose and he can play multiple spots on a defensive line. He's got a lot of juice to him, man. He's got a lot of great power, uh, but I I like both those guys as potential uh, Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Benton big 10 guy. Mike Tomlin loves that versatile. Kind of reminds me of like a Javon Hargrave. They're gonna want a guy in that three hundred pound maybe range. About like somebody that's in the same building though. Consider it a little undersized. Kalijah Cansey. Where does he project to be? Not only in the draft, but just you know position wise. Whoever the Steelers, I think, draft here needs to be able to probably play in that nose in a base three, four, and then maybe even kick out uh, the play and end when they have like these hybrid packages, like with their nickel packages and that where they're only playing with two down linemen.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think that Cansey going to be a fit for the Steelers because he's just so small. He needs to go to a team that runs a four, three and then already has like a big meaty uh, one technique. And he's going to probably primarily play as like a three and, He's just so quick, though. He's so low to the ground, so powerful that I think he's going to be a great pass rusher in the NFL. I just don't think that he's an every down player because of how small he is. He just doesn't he doesn't fit like he's not a stand up rusher. He's not uh, he's not a five technique. He is going to have to rely on being a four three specific guy, which might hurt his stock. I love him as a prospect. I just he's so hard to fit on some of these teams based on what their uh, their current roster construction is.
0: Yeah, and it goes right to the other side of things. Mazzie Smith, a little bit bigger of a guy. Does that kind of um, row the Steelers off maybe because, you know, you're going to put somebody out there, it's about 330 pounds. That's not really their M.O., 3-4. Uh, nose tackle, maybe, but still, yeah. it just doesn't seem like a, that would be the right fit, though, Big Ten guy out of Michigan.
1: Yeah, Mazzie Smith's a strong player. I, I'm admittedly not comfortable taking him in the first round, second, Probably closer to third round pick for, for Mazzie Smith. Uh, he does have a good power profile though. And I think that you could find a spot for him on the defensive line. He does a little bit feel like a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, just because of the power he brings to the position and uh, how strong of a defensive lineman he is. He might, as you said, though, fit uh better playing in a, a four, three defense.
0: Yeah. Well, Hey, great stuff. I know you're really busy. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that would really be a fit. We've saw some like wide receivers that have been mocked and, Uh, One of the favorite ones, of course, is there's everybody just thinks let's add the guy that Kenny Pickett used to throw to in college uh, for a little bit. Anyways, Jordan Addison, and that's Mm -hmm. immediately going to turn into Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Any thoughts on that just so we could maybe dispel some of our Yinzer hometown kind of guys that are all like in on Jordan Addison?
1: Yeah, I think I think that Jordan Addison's somebody to pay attention to. I don't think he makes it outside of the the first round. He's just such a a good route runner. He's such a clean prospect. Uh, I I know that there's size concern and and play strength concern. I don't know if he's got the build to be a primary slot player. But if Devonte Smith can succeed in the NFL at that frame, I think that Jordan Addison absolutely can. Uh, he's just a little bit of a an outlier because of his size profile for the way that he's been able to succeed. But If that's who you add to the mix, I don't think there's any shame. And we've seen success in drafting guys that have been uh, receivers for their college quarterbacks with Joe Burrow and Tua. I I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. And I think if anything, it might increase the comfortability for, for a young quarterback.
0: Yeah. I'm not against it. Maybe not with 17 though. Uh, but, but do you think he goes all the way outside the first round? It's always that risk, right? And a couple of other players that are hard to peg. Dealers are always looking at inside linebackers. They signed a Landon Roberts. Uh, He's admittedly not a cover guy. Cole Holcomb was signed in the offseason, should be wearing a green dot and be the play caller. But if they're going to look and somebody is there on the board, uh, how do you feel about some of the players and where they may go, such as uh, Jack Campbell out of Iowa or uh, Drew Sanders, Arkansas? And I'm trying to think who else we got. Uh, Diane Henley we see uh, show up Mm -hmm. in some of these mock drafts. Uh, Just real quick, your thoughts on some of the inside linebackers.
1: Yeah. Jack Campbell and drew Sanders, I think are going to be day two picks. Uh, Diane Henley all as well. Day two pick. I think just all those guys are strong tacklers, um, high character players that, that are going to fit. nicely. I think that Jack Campbell is definitely feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I don't know if it's because of the, the black and yellow, but it is hit, the, the, those, <laughs> you know, those Jack Lambert vibes though, the way that he has just how big he is, just a massive, massive frame, a little bit more of a throwback to the inside linebacker position, but a uh, big fan of what Jack Campbell brings to the table. And uh could be a fun add to that. That Steelers defense.
0: Hey Joe, thanks for joining us uh, again. I know you were busy. I had to throw that in there real quick. A lot of people here like Jack Campbell, same reasons got Jack Lambert's uh, he's somewhere up on the wall here. Uh, some things got moved around. I got the one with the, like the, the toothless gap sitting up there. So you can't see it. Yeah. Kenny's kind of dominated things as of, as of late. So, um, <laughs> Once again, folks, don't forget to follow uh, the Believe Podcast uh, Network. That's uh, Joe DeLeon, at Joe DeLeon, and you'll see it here. If you don't, go check it out in the show notes. Um, And Joe is joined uh, by Ryan Roberts and Matt Sims on the first team NFL draft and college football show. Uh, It seems like you guys are, especially right now, uh, you're almost daily,
1: right? Uh, For the most part, three, four times a week right now, and and we'll probably slow down a little bit when the offseason kicks around, but uh yeah no we're we're in full swing of things here for draft week and uh, you know excited to see how things turn out on thursday
0: yep and uh joe once again thanks for joining us here still city underground podcast my name's also joe so it's a good way to segue <laughs> here i keep telling folks don't forget to subscribe uh like and comment where necessary because we got a lot of stuff coming up uh, throughout the week and through the draft ourselves so until next time uh joe de once again believe uh podcast network first team nfl draft and college football show my name's joe kuzma we encourage all of our viewers and listeners out there until next time be safe be good we'll catch you later we would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website
1: www.steelcityunderground.com